Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. We've often heard the phrase, just you wait and see. Usually it's used in a negative way, but today... J.D. reminds us that one day soon Jesus will have his say. While the world watches, he'll have his victory and all the naysayers will be put in their place. He'll be revealed in glory and rapture his church. Just you wait and see. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on May 2nd, 2021. For today's update, I want to talk with you about the plan. Specifically, how the evil plan of man is actually and ultimately fulfilling the perfect prophetic plan of God. Now, please know that I know many are weary and discouraged, even fearful concerning the future, certainly the uncertainty of the future and what the future holds. I spent more time in prayer this last week concerning today's update, and the sense I had was that today's update needed to be an encouragement. And I really do want to encourage you in the Lord with the encouragement that I myself have received from the Lord. And I have to say that I really don't know, and I I hope you hear my heart when I say this, but I really do not know, and I'll speak for myself chiefly, how any of us can possibly survive, let alone thrive, absent the Word of God and prayer. Were it not for God's Word and prayer, I doubt very much that I would even be standing here today before you, as is my privilege to do every week. Now, I know that whenever you talk about the Word of God in prayer, it sounds like a firm grasp of the obvious, but think about this. Is it not the source of faith? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Is it not also the source of our hope? Is it not also the source of our strength? It all comes vis-a-vis God's Word and prayer. 
So we're going to begin with the Word of God. And what I'm hoping to accomplish today is to place what I'll call biblical bookends, as it were, on the evil plan of man. So we'll start with God's plan for the evil plan of man. Then we'll look at this evil plan. And finally, how it's leading to and will be the fulfillment of God's glorious plan in the end. I am keenly aware, one last thing before we jump in, that there are those who would say, okay, I know this is God's plan in the end, but what about now? See, tomorrow morning that alarm clock is going to go off, and I'm going to go off to work, assuming I still have a work to go to. What about now? I know God in the end is going to (laughs) have the final word, but I'm just trying to make it through the day, the week, the night. Doubtless you've heard it said, or you yourself have said, if I had only known then what I know now, you'll forgive me for what may seem like a play on words, but we can know now. We can know now what we wished we knew when we were going through what we were going through. God wants us to know now. And thankfully, God, as only He can, has told us in advance now what's coming in the end to steady us and to ready us now, in the now. Enter Isaiah 14. In this chapter, God, through the prophet Isaiah, declares to God's people in advance His plan to judge evil in the end and bring an end to Satan himself. It's the burden of the Lord. In fact, from chapter 13 on through to Isaiah chapter 23, it's referred to as the book of burdens. Why burdens? Because of the heaviness, the weightiness of the coming judgment of God upon the nations surrounding Israel. But here's the thing. God does not have the prophet Isaiah declare this to the surrounding nations upon whom God's judgment will come. He has Isaiah the prophet declare this to God's people about what God's going to do to these surrounding enemy nations. Why? Because God wants His people to know, I'm going to take care of this. They're not going to get away with this. Just wait, you'll see. I love those four words. It's actually Psalm 27, 13, and 14 where David writes, I would have lost heart. I would have lost hope. 
I would have given up. I almost did. Were it not for my confidence in the goodness of the Lord. And it's so interesting because in these last two verses of Psalm 27, he basically has a talk with himself. It's like David saying to himself, sit down, boy, we need to talk. He does it in Psalm 42 and 43 as well. Oh my soul, why be in such despair? He's having a talk with himself. He's encouraging himself in the Lord. And he says to himself, be strong and wait. You'll see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Just wait, you'll see. Don't lose hope. Don't give up. I know <laughs> it's really bad. Would you agree that it's getting really real? Really real. It's getting real. I don't know how else to say it. And so God wanted Israel to know then, in advance, what He was going to do to settle them. I got this. I know what they're doing. I know the evil they are perpetrating. I'm going to take care of it. And not only that, I'm also going to take care of the real enemy behind the evil, Satan himself. It almost looks like it's misplaced. Halfway through chapter 14 of Isaiah, all of a sudden, we're talking about Lucifer? Wait, what does that have to do with Babylon and then the Philistines and then Moabites and all of these surrounding nations? It's like he kind of breaks in and parenthetically prophesies about the end of Lucifer. Why? Because that's who's behind it all. That's the real enemy. That's the enemy behind Babylon, who we're going to, by the way, uh, see yet future. Well, we're not going to see it. I'm not going to be here to see it. You better not be here to see it either. <laughs> Revelation 17 and 18. But God wanted His people then, like He wants us as His people now, to know this now, because God is going to take care of it. God will have the final word. And here's how that plays out when your alarm clock goes off tomorrow morning. Knowing that now, what God will do, and oh, by the way, spoiler alert, He will do it. When God says it, He will do it. It will happen. Because God said it will happen. So it's going to happen. And I can't wait. <laughs> Just wait. You'll see. It's going to happen. But here's how that works in our lives now. It's like Jesus when He talks about and teaches this parable about two builders. And He says, one of them built his house on the sand, and the other built his house on the solid rock. So when, not if, the storm hit, adversity strikes, and adversity strikes. 
the house that's built on the solid rock, Jesus Christ, will stand immovable. And you know what's really interesting about this parable? It's so fascinating because there's a lot of similarities with these two builders in this parable. But the difference between the builder who built his house on the rock and the one who built his house on the sand, you know what the difference was? The one who built his house on the rock put into practice, applied, lived the Word of God. The Word. The other one apparently heard the Word, but didn't do it. He was a hearer, but not a doer. Big difference. And that made the difference. And this is why the Word of God and the God of the Word is of paramount importance in this day in which we are living. I say this, it's not hyperbole. I would literally go out of my mind. Some of you, too late. You already have, right? (laughs) I would lose my mind. I would go insane if I did not know the truth about how this is going to end. And that settles me. And it calms me. And it anchors me immovable on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Isaiah 14, 12. God wants us to know this now. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, light bearer, son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. Verses 15 and 16. But you are brought down to the realm of the dead, to the depths of the pit. And this is interesting, verse 16. Those who see you stare at you. They ponder your fate. Is this the man who shook the earth and made the kingdoms tremble? No way. There's going to be utter astonishment when we see this Lucifer in the end. I want to draw your attention to Ezekiel 28 verse 19, a parallel account of sorts. All the nations who knew you, speaking of Lucifer, are appalled at you. (laughs) You have come to a horrible end and will be no more. There is coming that day. I know it doesn't seem like it now, but it will come. Revelation 12, 9. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who, listen very carefully, deceives, hang on to that, deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. If you were to ask me, 
what I thought was the best go-to when it comes to evil, prospering, seemingly with impunity, it would hands down be Psalm 73. Let me kind of give you the backstory of this psalm. The psalmist is having, and this is almost an understatement, having a crisis of faith. I mean, he is just flabbergasted as he sees the evil around him, and it seems like the wicked, the evil, are getting away with the wicked and the evil. And here he is walking uprightly before the Lord in righteousness. And it's messing him up. It's so bad that he even says, I didn't want to even talk to the brethren because I didn't want to stumble them with my doubts. I'm riddled with doubt. I'm starting to question whether or not I've walked in righteousness in vain. For what? Everything I do is riddled with adversity and difficulty. And then here's my evil neighbor. Everything he does is prospered. And it's messing me up, man. What's up with this? That's a very loose paraphrase, but that's basically what he's struggling with. And he says in verses 2 and 3, But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold. Here's why. For I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. He's watching everything that's happening. He's looking at these wicked and evil men prosper in their ways, in their wickedness, in their evil. When you get to verse 16, this is very candid. He says, when I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me. I could not wrap my mind around it. And truth be made known, I was losing my mind because of it. Until, verse 17, I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their end. Oh. So the psalmist goes from envying them, (laughs) flabbergasted by them, to almost kind of feeling sorry for them, because this is how it ends for them. And it wasn't until he entered the sanctuary of the Lord, that alone, it's like God saying, I know, I know this is messing you up. Come here, I want to show you something. I'm going to show you the final scene on this one. I'm going to show you how it ends. That's a game changer, isn't it? You don't look at people the same anymore. Instead of being angry with them, you have compassion for them. 
because of how it ends for them. And that changes the whole complexion, doesn't it? It changes your heart and how you see people. And again, I hope you don't tire of me saying this, but I know God's been doing a profound work in my heart in this regard. I don't look at people and say, oh, left, right, conservative, liberal, Democrat, Republican, black, white. No. Either lost or saved. That's the bottom line. Either they know Jesus or they don't know Jesus. That's how you need to look at people. And when you see people that way, it changes everything. It changes your heart towards them, changes how you see them. One more thing here, and then we'll, we'll try to turn a corner. And maybe I just need to speak for myself and my own conviction before the Lord. But as I, as I see what's happening in the, in the world today, my, my heart is so heavy and so burdened and broken for people who don't know Jesus. I don't know how it's even possible. If I didn't know Jesus, I don't, well, I don't even know if I'd be alive. If I was alive, I'd probably be incarcerated. <laughs> Is that too much? <laughs> this is why at the end of the day, if I can say it that way, it's all about getting Jesus to people and people to Jesus as quickly as you possibly can, before it's too late. That's what it's all about. I wanted to start out this way because, like with the psalmist, if you're anything like me, and I suspect that you are, we're prone to think that they're going to get away with this. You're not going to let them get away with this, are you, Lord? Because it like looks like you are. And then it's like the Lord saying, well, the he says this to me. It's different for you, I'm sure. He says, come here, bull. <laughs> we need to talk. <laughs> Sit down. I want to show you something. And I enter into the sanctuary of the Lord, and I see how God will deal with evil in the end. I'm settled. Okay, Lord. It's this settling understanding of their end, in the end, that will determine whether you or I live our lives full of fear or full of faith. That's the bottom line. If you're full of fear, you can't be full of faith. It's one or the other. The Bible, though written long ago, is inspired by our Creator. God chose to speak His truth through ordinary men, but these men had their eyes fixed on their Heavenly Father. 
Their words hold a great deal of meaning for us in our world today, and maybe more so in the times we're in. Much of the activity of this world is mirrored in the pages of the Bible and is pointing to a new era that we need to be aware of. In Pastor J.D.'s weekly Mideast Prophecy Updates, he's been searching the scriptures and the news headlines and sharing with us what he's found. You can access these updates by heading to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and clicking on the YouTube link. Jesus will be returning to the earth soon to judge the evil that has been destroying it. And that return, friends, is drawing closer with each new day. Pastor J.D. tells us through these updates each week where we are in relation to Bible prophecy and how close our Savior's return just might be. No one knows the day or the hour this incredible event will take place, but we know from the Bible that we've been told what to expect in the moments leading up to this event. If we adopt a sense of anticipation in our daily walk with Jesus, we'll also gain with it an urgency to share the gospel message with the world around us. We're called to unashamedly boast about our Savior and plant the seed of hope which Jesus promises to water. Share Jesus with someone today and join us for another edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update right here on In Spirit and Truth.